The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 144 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rapier, and it is wonderful to be back with you after a few weeks of vacation. It was nice to kind of take a break a little bit. Hopefully you got to hear some uh, older episodes, but it's wonderful to be back. And uh, before we jump into the episode, I do want to thank our reviewers. We had quite a few while we were gone, I want to thank, these are the uh, Apple Podcast usernames, uh, Julie Pierce, Dita Jensen, Mike Pilkey, who's been a supporter from the beginning. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, Bosco323, Oakcrest Chipper, and Ashlyn Steglich. Thank you to all of you for your very kind words and your five-star reviews. It sure does help us get the word out there. You know, one of the fun things about this show is I do get to meet a lot of new people, a lot of new guests, and that is wonderful. But it's also fun sometimes that I get to sit down with old friends I haven't seen in a while. And Lincoln Hoppe is one of those. He and I used to do improv uh, together, and he is such a talented actor, now a big-name actor out in Los Angeles. I'm so grateful he took the time to sit down. He is such an amazing guy. I have always just loved Lincoln, and you will too. And coming up this week in my Latter-day Life, a lesson learned this week from the Book of Mormon. It's all coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And today, my guest on the Latter-day Lives podcast is someone I have been grateful to call a friend for, and I hate to admit this, Lincoln, but we're talking about like 24, 25 years now. I mean, it's a been very, so many years, right? <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> and I've had the honor of sharing the stage with him, even though he has gone on to be a big-time Hollywood actor, and we're going to talk about all of that. <laughs> Lincoln Hoppe, welcome to the show. Oh, Sean, I'm so glad to be here. It's been amazing to hear your voice after, you know, it's it's been more than a few weeks, you know, so to speak. Yeah. It's yeah, been we, years. We probably haven't seen actual actually been in the same room for 10 or 15 years now. It's I been believe a long so, time. Yeah. And we're still not in the same room. Tell us where you're recording from. I am in Los Angeles, California. I am uh, in my home recording studio, which sounds super fancy, but it's in my closet. So, but I am fully dressed. Some people record in their underwear, uh, not me. I, I prefer to be fully dressed. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Lincoln so. is a multi-talented, as you can already tell. He is an actor, an improv actor. He d- d- voices audio books. He's a writer all kinds of things. And we're going to get into so much of it. But first of all, we got to get to know you a little better, Lincoln. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up. Yes. uh, Well, I was born in Chicago. I moved very young to Moorestown, New Jersey, and grew up there and lived in New Jersey, uh, southern New Jersey, very close to Philadelphia, until uh, I went to BYU in Provo and then on my mission to Portugal. Yeah. So... uh, now, yeah, Morristown, very life. different, very different from Salt Lake City or where you went to school and actually very different from L.A. where you live now. Um, were your were your family, did you grow up in the church? 
I did. In fact, my dad's from Germany, and uh, he grew up in the church as well. His father was one of the first uh, native branch presidents in in Germany. He also translated for the soldiers. He was a translator. Uh, and we can talk about this a little bit more, too, if we talk about saints and soldiers. But uh, my my father's dad, uh, Martin Werner Hoppe, was a translator, spoke five languages. And during World War II, they actually delivered messages for the church even after uh, the the Americans were all kicked out. Oh, they no were way. instrumental in in delivering pretty much secret messages <laughs> to the church about the welfare of the saints and um and it w- it was crazy he wrote uh, Martin Werner Hoppe wrote uh, sorry he translated excerpts of Jesus the Christ that German soldiers who were members of the church literally carried uh in their in their packs so that as they were out during combat missions and out, as they were out as soldiers, they could have a copy of excerpts of Jesus the Christ uh, in with them. And uh, that it was, it is was amazing. amazing. In Lincoln, fact, I just visited history. my, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I f- visited my, um, my, uh, my dad passed away sadly just uh, about two years ago. Yeah. And, but I was at my, mom's house and she pulled out a copy one of these original copies um which i'd never seen before of jesus the christ and it's in that german script i don't know if you've ever seen german scripts that they used to learn in school but it's it's so hard for americans to read it looks like the fanciest script font i've seen it from some of the world war ii official documents and it yeah i mean it is yeah that's amazing lincoln that is really incredible what a cool family history and on my mom's side, there's no slouching either. My uh, my great great grandfather, maybe great great great, was uh, Ephraim Knowlton Hanks, who pretty much went and uh, rescued the Willie Martin Handcart Company. He was the first person who arrived days before everyone else. There's a few movies about him. Wow! Uh, and he was my direct direct descendant. Uh, I'm a direct descendant of his. Yeah, Lincoln, fact, that is like amazing. What an crazy, incredible right? family history. No, it's beautiful. Crazy. That yeah. is really, really neat. So obviously you were raised in the church. Holy cow. How many siblings do you have? I have five siblings. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of five. So, so I have four. So when you were younger, did you always know you were going to go into acting or like were, were you, did you do theater when you were young? I had no idea I was going to go into acting. No idea whatsoever. I was convinced by a friend of mine in high school to take both a choir class and uh, an acting class, essentially my senior year. And I absolutely loved them both. Uh, but I still had no idea that, that that's what I was going to end up doing. I just just had no idea. It was just something fun to do. It was kind of like an easy, fun class. Is what yeah. I was told, and and I certainly found out that neither one of them was easy, but they were certainly both fun. Fun. Um, I had to kind of relearn how to sing. I was a beautiful boy soprano <laughs> as a little kid, but then after my voice changed, I found it was hard for me to find the pitches in my register, and so I kind of had to relearn how to sing. And um, and so acting interesting. was completely foreign, just completely foreign. I grew up playing in bands. I was a guitarist. My brother was a drummer. 
And so we were we were musicians, but I'd never sung. And you were you were bitten by the bug. The acting bug got you in high school. Yeah, <laughs> and even then it was just oh that was fun. And it wasn't until it wasn't until <laughs> this is so silly. Um, we did a Christmas pageant or a Christmas sketch play on my mission in Portugal. Mm. And and I helped write it. And I was like, wow, this is really fun writing this sketch. And <laughs> these lines that I was throwing out, I was a very serious person uh, in general. And these lines that I were throwing out, everybody's laughing at. And I was like, oh, I guess they, they find it funny too. I just thought it was fun to me. And uh, <laughs> and so that kind of re-sparked my interest in acting. But it wasn't until... It wasn't until the Garen's comedy troupe uh, when I got back to BYU that uh, that I really got into acting. So the Garen's is something that has been brought up with a tremendous amount of love and affection uh, multiple times on this show as we have had Garrett Batty on and we've had Ken and Katie on. And of course, that's a big part of their story is, of course, the Garen's. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of background as to what the Garens is and, and how the Garens started? So the Garens comedy troupe was a sketch and improv comedy troupe uh, that was founded by Eric D. Snyder, who is a tremendously talented and hilarious. Remarkably, yes, yes. And uh, although I don't get to talk to him in person very much, still, still I like to consider him a dear friend uh, because he changed sure. the course of my life. In many ways, much like uh, the Garens changed uh, Ken and Katie's life. Um, but we essentially got up and did sketch comedy and improvisation comedy. Now, if any of the listeners don't know what improvisation comedy is, because they haven't listened to some of the other episodes, improvisation comedy is where you get up in front of hundreds of people, if you're lucky, and you get a suggestion from them, and then you make up a scene or a telemonologue or a speech completely made up based on their suggestion. You've probably seen whose line is it anyway, those kinds of things. Um, that's what we do. And at first it was so terrifying to me, Sean. It was absolutely terrifying to me to get up on stage and make this stuff up when I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> because I wasn't, you know, like I said, I wasn't an actor. I just took a casual acting class in high school you hadn't taken any classes or anything? You hadn't done any improv classes or nope, anything like that? Nope. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, the only exception to that was literally, literally, the night before uh, I found out about the auditions for the Garens, this girl that I kind of liked, um, well, let's be honest, I really liked her. She <laughs> she said, hey, we're having a, a an improv party over at my house. And I was like, I'll be there. And I was like, I don't know what improv is. And I showed up and they explained it to me. And we played, Sean, I kid you not, I, I believe we played freeze tag for three hours straight. One wow. game for three hours straight. Wow. And it was so fun. You know, you're just making stuff up and, and it's so therapeutic. It's so creative. I think everybody, everybody in the world should learn how to do improv Everybody should take an improv class. In fact, that's that's why one of my friends and I, who has become a business partner with me, Eric Smith, we we started a uh, we started an online improv class, which was essentially perfect for COVID because you can take the improv classes from the comfort of your own home. Anyway, we can talk about that later. But I, I really do feel like improv is so important for 
people's creative yes. development and creative therapy and for fun. I mean, it's just so fun. But also for business. I mean, like literally yeah. just in life, the number of times that my improv experience has come into, you know, yeah. just come into play when in work and it helps you to think creative and to not panic. And it's, it's, it's absolutely awesome. So you, you auditioned for the Garens. Yes. And, and I believe I only got in because I played the guitar and because I think only 13 <laughs> people showed up for the auditions. And I kid you not, I believe 11 of us got in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few people dropped out after that. But uh, I, I honestly, I had no comedic talent. Um that, that I can recall. And I think Eric would tell you the same, but see, this is, this is something that people don't understand is I, I honestly was not that funny, but it became my passion very quickly. And we did, we did rehearsals. I read everything I could about improv. I practiced as much as I can, could. And I really, I got better very quickly and awesome. whatever, whatever, um, comedic abilities I had that had been laying dormant, if you will, were <laughs> literally released by this, by, by improv. I love so, it. Uh, and it so, was, yeah. and, and it's hard to describe to people how big the Garens were. And these were, you know, 300 people to thousand seat auditoriums we were playing. You know, it yeah. wasn't like it was a 30 seat theater and, and people couldn't get in. We, we couldn't fit everyone into 300 seat theaters. Isn't that amazing? Crazy. I look back at that and what you guys built, and I'm so grateful I got to be a part of it because I made so many good friends in that time. And I'm so grateful to have met you through that as well, Sean. It's just it, all the people that we met. And I kid you not, Lincoln, it was probably th three years ago. I was at the University Mall, which I go once in a, you know, every 10 years I'm at the University <laughs> Mall. And a girl came up to me and she says, are you an entertainer? And I said, yes. And she goes, oh my gosh, you were in the Garens. And this was like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. I still get that. I yeah. still get that. When people move into our ward, they don't always say something on the, you know, the first week. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, there's people who haven't seen any of my movies who, who have seen the Garens, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's so fun. And she brought up uh, a little commercial spoof that we used to do called Sweet Spirit. Sweet Spirit. I'm pretty yes. sure we can't do now. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure that and the story behind Sweet Spirit, basically it was a play. There used to be in the 80s and 90s, there were commercials where people would, it was a cologne or perfume commercial where people would whisper, was it secret or something like that? My secrets or something that they'd whisper. And this was a play on it. I think it. it was Obsession. I think it was a colonial oh, called right. Obsession. Something like that. They would whisper Obsession. Yeah. So this one was Lisa or uh, Katie or whomever would come out in the worst dress, the worst wig, the worst whatever, totally unattractive. And we'd all be standing there in the Obsession black. And it would be lines <laughs> like, she may not have all of her teeth but she has something special. And we'd all turn and say, sweet spirit. Right, right. <laughs> that was a yeah. brilliant, brilliant sketch, Lincoln. Oh, that, was, that was fun. That was one of the first things that I wrote, uh, and I wrote that one with Ken, um, but the first thing that I wrote that after, after it played in a show, I had an enormous amount of confidence 
for writing because of That's how, awesome. I mean, it was like, upro- the laughter was absolutely uproarious. Like, are they, are, am I missing something? What's happening that, you know, it was so funny that, that we all just knew, Ooh, we're going to be doing this at, you know, shows for a long time. It was so, so funny to people. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And there, there were just, do you have a favorite sketch? Do you have a favorite sketch or song from oh, your guarantees? I, I think I tended to like the obscure odd ones a little bit more like fly on fly that, that, um, that uh, Joel, oh, yeah, of course, Joel Waller yeah. and I wrote together was just bizarre. So and, funny, and though. That different. one is so, so funny. And it was kind of another one of these ones where it's it's like, I don't think anyone's going to laugh, but we think it's funny. And so we yeah. did it. And the, and the audience thought it was funny, too. You know, they loved and it. They were there and, to laugh. We had great, yeah. great audiences. And we ended up actually going out and we performed uh, up in the Pacific Northwest and for some other you know, at some other universities and had to figure out some, some of our non Latter-day Saint stuff, but it was fun traveling with you and with our crew. And that was just awesome. Everything. Wasn't it great? So So fun. Yeah. So so I appreciate it. I seriously, I'm so thankful for that time in my life. Um, So we moved past the Garens. You, you're finishing up your time at BYU and somewhere in here. uh, And I don't, know exactly when because I had left the Garens and of course we didn't have all the ways to get a hold of each other back then but somewhere in there you met Paige yes my dear beautiful wonderful wife indeed how long have you and Paige been married uh I have no idea (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's been about 24 years yeah 24 years yeah yeah, you it's guys got married not long after we did. It's not 25. I think we're coming up on 24. I, I'm pretty sure. That's awesome, uh, Lincoln. That's so cool. How did you meet Paige? Oh, uh, she, we lived in the same apartment complex. And uh, I dated her roommate. And Classic my, BYU story. Yes, my roommate dated her roommate. My roommate dated her, and I dated her roommate, and then we swapped. So you finish up with BYU. When did you get into uh, film? When did you become a film actor? Yeah, this was when I was still uh, at BYU, although I was very close to graduating. Uh, not Well, not that close. Uh, after I had been doing the Garens and improvisation, I wanted to become a better actor. And so I started taking acting classes at BYU and had some mm. great teachers. Um, uh, Corey Ewan, Carrie Morgan, you know, just great, great acting teachers. So fun. Um, and, and I just really fell in love with acting. And then I started auditioning for student films. And uh, one year at the one year, I think I had done seven or eight student films. And during this film festival, uh, it became a running joke because the, I was in every other film. <laughs> and you know this this hadn't been planned nobody had planned this i was just auditioning for all these films and uh the last one was the last good war which was uh, a short film by ryan little and yeah. it was a world war ii it was a pre uh, the forerunner of saints and soldiers and mm. uh saints and soldiers airborne creed to be very specific uh because we kind of re re um told some of the story in saints and soldiers airborne creed but 
Gotcha. I remember very specifically, you know, I was in a lot of comedies and a, a few not comedies, but the last show, the last film that showed was The Last Good War. And, you know, it's a war movie and it's not funny in any way, shape or yeah. form. But when I came up on the screen, everyone laughed. <laughs> and I remember it, Ryan Little was concerned about putting me in it because he knew I had been in so many others. Oh, no. And, you know, he had had a discussion. Uh, he had he had had some discussions. And, you know, in the end, they 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 cast me. Oh. And it, they everybody laughed. And then after about after about 30 seconds, it became apparent that this was not, you know, this was not a yeah, comedy. Not, not and a comedy. Yeah. It's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful film. And uh, if if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching. I do have it on my YouTube channel. Oh, cool! Um, I'll have to check it out. I have not watched name. it. It's been brought up a couple times. Uh, and it, it's really interesting Joel to see how, yeah. yeah, to see what came from Saints and Soldiers, uh, Airborne Creed. What what of that came from that short film? Because Very years cool. later, Ryan Ryan asked me to uh, assist in in co writing Saints and Soldiers, Airborne Creed. And one of the the main scene in the last good war uh, became kind of our blueprint for um, this climax scene of Saints and Soldiers Airborne Crete. So it was very interesting. Oh, that's just awesome! Like awesome. a twenty year gap or so, <laughs> <laughs> something like that in there. And yeah. so ever since then, you have gone on a run. I want to ask about a few. Things and you can pull up Lincoln's uh, IMDb. Uh, you only have 82 credits as an actor on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> so phenomenal, Lincoln. It's that so sounds cool. really impressive, doesn't but, it? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't I'm just impressed. sound impressive. It is impressive. <laughs> In addition to you have writer, producer, editor, director, composer. You even have a thanks. You have a thanks credit. Uh, yeah, for, for a, magical red wedding, someone thanks I'm so you. In thankable. So thankable. So thankable. Yeah, <laughs> and thank you for that, Lincoln. So, <laughs> uh, so a couple things that uh, people that our our listeners have heard about from other guests that might want to hear from you. Tell us a little bit about uh, your experience with the singles ward. Oh, the singles ward. That was that first of all, I still get recognized for that. Not <laughs> as much. Uh not as much as I used to, but um w- it was really incredibly fun. Yeah, uh, that I is met, the I, that's the quintessential Latter-day Saint film. Like if you were going to show one person from the or one film from the Mormon film genre from that era, it's got to be the singles ward. That was the yeah, movie. It, in fact, people in my stake every now and then still call me up and say, "Hey, can we borrow the singles ward for a date night?" You know, like <laughs> I, during COVID, I'm sticking, I'm sticking the DVD out on my porch, and they're picking it up, and it's pretty funny. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, it changed things. It really changed things. We had no idea, Sean. We had no idea. Uh, I don't know if the producers did. I don't know. You know, if Curtin. Uh, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if they had any idea what was coming, but um, we we didn't. I didn't. But again, uh, you know, one of my all time best friends, Kirby Hayborn, I met him yeah. on that set. We've been friends ever since. We started a comedy troupe together. We started a, a, a video a YouTube channel together. We've we've done so many things together. Um, 
And it all started from that. And so I'm so grateful for that. It, it was so fun. The, the funny thing with Singles Ward, uh, I'm talking my own minute. Um, but uh, no, please go ahead. This is great. The, one of the funniest things that I didn't notice until I started editing some, I started putting together a reel. Um, I, uh, I'm not in that film very much. I'm you, in that really, it's been film. a lot of years, but in my memory, you're in it all the time. Yes. I'm spaced throughout. I'm on screen for about two and a half minutes. No, come on. Really? Yes. Possibly three tops. That um, speaks because to I how edited it all together and I was like, what? How is this possible? I, I'm, I'm only in these few scenes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very memorable character. It was really, really fun. Very to, memorable. To yes. That um, character was hilarious. And, and you know what? That's... You know what was great? Everyone knows a Deverl. Yeah. Like everyone, yep. it, as soon as I saw your character, as soon as I saw Deverl, Someone else, and I won't say their name, immediately came to mind. And I think we all know a DeVerl, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I think so. You know, and uh, one of the funny things, Sean, one of the funny things is uh, since since uh, the quarantine, um, one of the things that keeps coming back into my mind is like, I should do some little, little videos as DeVerl, like some YouTube shorts or some oh my TikTok gosh. videos that as DeVerl. Awesome. I just don't know if it's... <laughs> I assume it's still relevant, but again, I don't know. So, so if any of the listeners think that's interesting, they should they should leave us some feedback and let us know. And maybe I'll maybe I'll do some I'll bring some Deverl back. Uh, I think that would be really fun. Um, yeah, we've had we've had Dave Hunter, and uh, we've had Kurt Hale, and we've had Michael Berkland and Jeff Burke, and so many people. Wonderful that people. Yeah, all of them, all of them, awesome, and so many people that were in all of those early films. But everyone just agrees that Singles Ward is the, it kind of broke the mold and, and, you know, everything else was kind of a second place. So I think that's, that's really, really cool. Um, and then we talked a little bit about uh, Saints and Soldiers, uh, um, Airborne Creed. You played a, a really cool role in that. How was it filming again on that? It was amazing. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Not only because, we were kind of we were revisiting a film from you know 15 years before and and making it into a feature but also just because working with Ryan uh Ryan Little is always amazing hmm. um, yeah well, i've heard that again and, and again and adam abel the uh the a producer that he works with a lot uh, at go films just just wonderful people good people incredibly talented filmmakers. I'm tied to the movie, not only because I wrote it, uh, co-wrote it, but because a lot of the scenes that I wrote were written semi-autobiographically. Like we, How we, cool. The pictures that I use in the film, um, in the, the scene towards the end, the, there's two pictures. One is a picture of my grandfather, and one is a picture of my dad as a kid. Um, no kidding. And, and really? so I, I roughly based the character that I played as a writer, I roughly based that character on my grandfather, uh, Martin Werner Hoppe, who was this translator in World War II. Uh, I, I actually made myself into his brother. And No um, way. Lincoln, so when I show amazing. the picture, yeah, it was, it was a great, great opportunity and very, very um, creatively as well as um, family trially. Fulfilling, uh, genealogically fulfilling. I, I'm not getting the right word, but um, 
ancestry <laughs> fulfilling. Um, because oh, yeah, there was that that's feeling so of cool. connecting yeah. to the past, you know. Um, so literally, if you go back and watch either clips from that or if you watch the full movie of Saints and Soldiers Airborne Creed, you'll see every picture that I pull out is a picture of, of uh, my family. Either my father uh, wearing his dad's German soldier uniform. He's like five years old. It's adorable. Um, and awesome. it's slightly disturbing, you know, because he's wearing this German German yeah. uniform. <laughs> yeah, you think um, of it that way, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and then my 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 character was written to be my grandfather's brother. That's so amazing. it was it was incredible. Filming with Corbin Arid was absolutely amazing. Corbin is another one of my dear friends that that we work with. Corbin and I shot that scene. Uh, we were supposed to shoot it like at noon, and we were there on set like at eight a.m. We did not start filming that scene until one thirty a.m. Oh my god! After gosh. being on set all day, so we were exhausted, and I, <laughs> all my lines were in German. And we were oh. both so tired. And then to make it all worse, uh, Ryan comes up to us and he says, um, I don't want to put too much pressure on, but we've really only got one take of each angle time No. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. we were exhausted. And, and Corbin and I just looked at each other and we kind of knew that it was like do or die. And, and sure enough, each angle was one take and, and I, I think we nailed it. You know, I think we, I think we nailed it in those, in those single takes. And to me, it's, it's one of my, people ask me what my favorite thing that I've been in is. And hands down, that's still it. I've been in much bigger productions. I've played cooler characters. I've done, I've done cooler things, but, but as far as everything coming together and just warming my heart, um, it all comes down to that scene, uh, between myself and Corbin and and all the the wonderful people who, who helped to produce it. And, and there was a lot of talent on those films. Absolutely. Uh, That's really, really cool. When did you move from Utah to LA? Uh, 2005. Okay. And you moved out to LA to really pursue acting. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. That so was cool. the that was the that was it, you know. We wanted to go before my oldest son started kindergarten and we just picked up and left. Boy, that is like the the actor's dream story. And in LA, you suddenly became a character that is one of my favorite favorites to watch of all time, which is Rolf. Tell us how Rolf came to be and who Rolf is, because Rolf is so funny. Oh, thank you so much. I love, I love Rolf. Okay. So Rolf, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Eric Artel and I, again, my business partner who we do the uh, improv with, uh, both Society Comedy Troupe and our Improv Wizards um, Mm. educational uh, site for improv. I, I said to him one day, you know, I, I keep getting cast as German characters. I keep getting cast as Nazi <laughs> characters. I keep getting cast as German scientists. And I just want to, I think it's fun and I'm, I love it. I, I love, I love it. But I, I, instead of being a Nazi in something, I'd love to be something more, <laughs> more fun and com- comical. And, and so I sent him a, uh, 
I sent him a script and I, I, I don't know. Have you, do you know Mark Rober? Mark Rober's incredible. I don't. He's the NASA scientist who now does YouTube. Um, amazing YouTube videos. If you haven't seen Mark Rober on YouTube, you, you have to go see him. Mm, okay. Um, you'll you'll want to have him on your show. Uh, he's absolutely insane. He's got 13 million some odd YouTube subscribers. Wow. And once you watch one video, it'll blow your mind and you'll, you'll want you want to be involved with his videos forever. Anyway, I sent the script to him. I got some feedback and some thoughts and essentially we just I just wrote this script and Eric Eric and I played together. He plays my assistant Willie and we the, the concept is and you can go to rawfreeviews.com or you know there's a Facebook page too, but I guess the YouTube channel is the one that has the most um it's just Rolf Reviews on YouTube, R-O-L-F Reviews. The, the awesome. concept was we're German scientists who just don't understand American culture. And so what should we do? Of course, we should re- review American movies and games and things that we just don't <laughs> understand. So we just essentially, we butcher everything. We, we make, we just don't get it. Oh, uh, so funny. So we do it. We do this episode of Oreo Swedish Fish where we don't understand it. And so we put sardines on Oreos and we literally on camera eat Oreos with sardines in them. And, and our, oh our reactions gosh. are caught on camera. It's, it's just beautiful. It's one of those things. It's, it's my project that I really wish had, had caught on more um, that, that, you know, that more people wanted to see it because out of any other project, Sean, I get friends from high school, friends emailing me saying, oh, my gosh, Rolf Reviews. It's so funny. It's so it crazy. It is so funny, Lincoln. It's I've watched zany a bunch it's of different. them. It's hilarious. And, yeah. and I, I think when you like it, you love it. And it's a little – maybe it's a little too different for some people. But um, I will tell you this. Eric and I shot a new one just a few months ago. Mm. And um, we did one on The Mandalorian. So uh, hopefully that'll come out here pretty soon. I'll post that to YouTube at some point in the near future. But it's we're still making them. We just don't have as much time. And if we, uh, if we had more people who are interested in watching, it would be much easier. And I'll tell you this too, Sean. Our biggest fan is my mom. My mom is Rolf's biggest fan. In fact, this last the, this last one that we did, I was like, I have to do something for my mom for Christmas that's you know different. And so I was like, I'm shooting a Rolf reviews for my mom because she loves it. Oh, that's so, so great! Is it's for my mom. So and you guys have but, put out a lot of great video stuff. You, by the way, you had a similar, I guess, a similar character somewhat. You got to like have more eyeballs on you than almost any actor possibly could. A few years back, you got to star in a Super Bowl commercial. How did that yes. all come about? I think it was 2014. That was a similar character. That was very similar yes. to Rolf. Yes. It, he, if, I, if I had to say, I would say is the more, um, the more educated and slightly more proper version of Rolf. That's a because, great way to put it. Yeah. He kind yeah. of actually does know his stuff a little more and yeah. And he's not likely to punch or kick his assistant. Right. <laughs> Unlike Rolf. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it, that was crazy. So fun. I mean, Carmen Electra's in that, Yes, you know, 
And, uh, it was a Volkswagen commercial. It was a Volkswagen commercial. I believe it was 2014. And, uh, again, it's another one of those things where, where they, they, you can't really find it anywhere because then they have to pay the actors. They have mm. to pay the actors residuals. So it is on my YouTube. Um, so it's a minute, it's a minute commercial. It is one of the funniest commercials I've ever seen. Um, and, it's it's crazy. I mean, there's there's monkeys, there's babies, there's puppies, there's Abraham Lincoln, there's you know yeah. There's a and basically a you were a scientist juggler. You were trying to figure out how to scientifically come up with the greatest Super Bowl commercial ever. And right, boy, we use an algorithm and it creates the worst possible thing ever, <laughs> which is like the most yeah. beautiful explosion to watch. <laughs> and then Carmen Electra just walking around, which is so funny. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge, huge deal. Was that pretty satisfying to get to watch, uh, see yourself pop up during the Super Bowl? It was, it was absolutely, it was absolutely amazing. And um, I'll tell you too that, uh, I was on my cut. Co- they use my cover for some reason, you know, my, the picture of me on all kinds of, uh, online magazines was, I was on the front cover and I wish I had taken more screenshots of them. Um, but like, there was like, is, is, you know, Volkswagens changed the mold again. And w- we actually aired, I think a week before the Super Bowl, And it, it was, uh, it was like a pre, it was a pre ad. Oh and, yeah, like a shorter version of it, right? And, and it it essentially it drove traffic through the roof. So even before the Super Bowl aired was when I was on all these magazine covers, uh, and again digital magazines uh, like Ad yeah. Week and and all those kinds of things. And it was the craziest thing. It was just it was really crazy, and it was a delightful experience. That is, uh, I was just in and awesome. out shooting. I was in and out in two hours. Like I showed up, they did hair and makeup. We shot it and then I left and then all the craziness happened. <laughs> um, so for me, it was a super easy day, but yeah, it was crazy. And I, I loved it. Awesome. Awesome. Another, another high, high profile that I was super excited about, I think is so cool. Tell us how Stargate Origins came about. Stargate Origins. Uh, first of all, I watched Stargate as a kid. The you know both the movie and the series, yeah. so I was absolutely thrilled. So we got, I got from my agent a uh, an audition for something that was you know it had a code name. We didn't know mm. it was a code name, you know. But um, for some reason, for this first for this first round of auditions, they were auditioning people from uh, I can't remember if everybody was a self tape or if it was just a few of us. Um, but a self tape is essentially when, when you record your audition from home and send it in and then the director looks at it and then they bring in people for callbacks. Um, so my first, my first audition was a self tape and get this, get this, Sean, they wanted improvised comedy for the audition. Hey, <laughs> so all those years of the Garens, all those oh, years of teaching awesome. improv that I had done, all the years of research, um, <laughs> you know, the society comedy troupe and, and you know, our, our improv wizards um, training system, it all was like, oh, that's as easy. And I know more than <laughs> half of the actors who had the same call were petrified. You know, what do I make up? 
So I made up this crazy audition. I think it's on my website. I think I, I think I, cause I wrote one of the official blogs also for, uh, for the Stargate Origins, uh, release. That I wrote is like so a cool. Eight part blog or something. I was the only actor who was allowed to speak, uh, about the onset experience because we were all under this, you know, gag order that we couldn't say anything. Mm. Uh, no spoilers. But, um, I, recorded this really fun audition of of me in the German uniform or, or I guess I was just in like fatigues or something and this this girl is coming to the checkpoint and I'm supposed to not let anyone through but I think she's super cute and so I'm kind of <laughs> ineptly I mean it's it's like the German Deverl honestly it's uh it's kind of like the German the Nazi Deverl, if you will. Oh, I never thought of it in those so terms, funny. but that's truly what it was. And again, I think this is posted on my website, but uh, or as part of the blog. But um, I, I, again, it was like one of those things like, this may t- be too much. But it was like, you know what? This audition makes me so happy. I am sending this in, whether it's the worst one or not. And, and that I is told great. My, I told my agent, I said, look, you should watch it first. And if it's too much, let me know. And she sent me back almost immediately saying, this is great. Don't change a thing. So they sent that on and, and I got a callback from it. I was like, wow, that's great. Okay, so my taste in, in comedy isn't too far off from what they're looking for. <laughs> Anyway, I ended up getting the part. It wasn't for a long ways after that they told us what it was. And I was just freaking out that, you know, no matter how the show turned out, I knew I was going to be part of part of Stargate history. So I was, as a fan, I was so excited. And, and not only that, but I was even one of the few people on our cast who got to on screen walk through the Stargate, which is... No way, really? You Which is huge, <laughs> yeah. Lincoln, that is awesome, so, man. Oh, I can't imagine. It was a just nerd's how cool dream come true. I am. If you listeners haven't noticed, I am a total nerd. I play Dungeons and Dragons, and <laughs> and uh, I play board games with my family, and uh, I, I like the science of acoustics for music. All I'm, I am. Oh, nerd. that's cool. So, being a full time actor now, you 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 act, you do improv, you train improv, you do audio books which you've got the perfect voice for all of that. Uh, This is your living. This is your life. As a member of the church, have you had a role or something come about that you've struggled with whether or not to take it? Has that ever been a a factor for you? Definitely. Um, Definitely. And, you know, uh, I, I heard some advice from, I think it was some kind of youth speaker. I can't remember who it was, but they said, you know, make your decision now. And mm. then it's easy later. And I did. And yeah. so so a lot of these things that that would have seemed like that could have given me a lot of stress about, oh, should I do it or not? They just weren't they just weren't problems because I just said awesome. no. And then, of course, there's some things that that are on the safer side of the line. And that's kind of where any confusion came in. But uh, I've turned down a lot of things. And I know... I know it's, uh, I don't know if I'd say it has hurt my career, but it certainly has, um, it's, it's made it so that I, I didn't have certain relationships with people that were doing that. And you know what? I'm just okay with that. Mm. I'm just okay with that because, because I felt like I was able to stay true to my, 
my decision and the line that I drew years ago, and I feel good about that. And, uh, and yeah, I, I've I turned things down still. Um, and again, the the hard part is when it's like, well, this is really not that bad, but you know, th- then it then it becomes a grayer area because you're telling a good story. You know, even when the church makes movies, the church casts villains, the church hires villains, yeah, sure, the church hires people who are doing bad things. You know, uh, right? And it's yeah. the same for fiction that's not done by the church, and so those lines become very grayed because, uh, yeah. But there are certain lines to, that that are very clear to me, uh, that's and so that's awesome. made it easier for me. If that makes sense, I'd, I totally, totally love it. Uh, any uh, any projects going on right now or coming up that you want to push? Yes, uh, I just finished filming uh, Witnesses, which is a uh, a film about the three witnesses, and it's a feature film. And I believe they're also making a documentary up about it. There's awesome. a website called Witnesses Film that you can check out, um, and I've also got pictures on my Facebook and stuff, uh, and. Uh, my Facebook page is Lincoln Actor, so that makes it easier to find. Lincoln That's Actor on Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Just Lincoln awesome. Actor, yep. So Facebook.com slash Lincoln Actor. And uh, I play Martin Harris. I can't remember if I mentioned that. but um, My gosh, I was about to ask. To, what a role, I Lincoln. chin strap beard. And it was incredible. Martin it was Harris. absolutely wow. incredible. It was so mind uh, mind bending and eye opening you know susan easton black i don't know if you're familiar with her but she's sure. yep. one of the preeminent you know scholars uh in the church and she just wrote this like 500,000 page book no i'm kidding but but it's it's like it, it <laughs> it's looks like book. an encyclopedia and it's so well written and so i i just you know a week before we started filming i grabbed i got the book as quick as I could and I started reading and I was able to actually call her and she called me back and she she gave me extra insight into Martin Harris. Wow. One of the great things, Sean, about being an actor, especially in, in church roles, yeah. is that you can step back and you can walk away from a place of judgment and put yourself into these historical figures' shoes. Mm, and you yeah. gain an understanding for what they went through and for their decisions and for their heartache over their bad decisions that you just can't understand or appreciate um, right. unless you're really diving in. And I really, I really, I mean, I suffered a lot. <laughs> As Martin, you know, I had to go through yeah. the scene of telling Joseph that I had lost the plates. Oh. It was one of the most excruciating, uncomfortable uh, things I've put myself through. Um, wow. Because I, I had to go into that place where where it was just so, like, I felt like I, that's one of the lines, you know, I've lost my soul. That's one of the things that he said. He said it like twice. He said, I've lost my soul. I've lost my soul. And I had to try to push myself to a place where I really believed that and I really felt that. Oh, uh, Lincoln. That's um, you know, amazing. in in the safety of being an actor, you know, and knowing sure. that I'm sure, of course. I'm not Martin Harris. But but yeah. it was excruciating and 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 wonderful at the same time. Where did you shoot um, that? We shot in uh Ontario, Canada, mm. Boston, and uh in Provo and in Salt Lake at the This is the Place Monument and Museum. 
but one more thing, if I can say about Martin Harris, yes, please. that uh, people often forget and that came through so clear to me um, as, as playing him was the amazing, you know, he, everyone remembers the lost manuscript. Oh, yeah. Martin, you messed up. You know, everyone remembers <laughs> yeah. that. Sure. But but uh, the fact that he completely, almost completely financed the Book of Mormon printing. Yes. And that he came back to the church and that he uh, he really, he really was the, inst- was Heavenly Father's instrument for getting the Book of Mormon out to the people and for, mm. for any financial stability the church had. So, it, we remember him for those lost 116 pages, but but he did so much more, and we forget that sometimes. So this brings us to how can people really, if they're sitting there going, Lincoln's the greatest, which you are, how can, <laughs> how can people find you if they're interested in improv, if they're interested in following you? Give us all the 57, because it, it's my, and this might be my imagination, but I feel like you were like TikToker number one. You were so early in TikTok. Am I wrong in that? Uh, I got in there pretty early. I mean, I was, uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was in TikTok before it was TikTok. It was Musically before that. That's and right. It was Musically. Yeah, four hundred thousand some odd followers on there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I kind of stopped, and I'm yeah. I'm trying to do a little bit more of it again because it's get it's gotten so popular and. And I love I love giving people clean comedy. You know, that's that's kind of I guess my mission. It's not just clean comedy, but clean, good, good entertainment. entertainment. Yeah, um, and that includes wholesome. Uh, but it's not it's not this, wholesome has another connotation. But I always think yeah. of like wheat bread when we're talking about wholesome, <laughs> <laughs> nourishing and wholesome. Yeah. Right, exactly. But that's that's essentially that's essentially what it is. And yeah, and so sure. yeah, I. I I feel I feel a responsibility to be. There's a lot of crap out there on TikTok. Um, yeah, and so I I feel a responsibility to be putting clean comedy out there. And sure. And so even though I'm not always wanting to post something, <laughs> I, I feel a responsibility. That's awesome. But I guess the the best places to get a hold of me are, um, my website is lincolnhoppa.com, and that's like hope but with two p's, so h o p p e. LincolnHoppa.com. And then um, we've been doing an incredible series of improv shows. And Sean, we should have you uh, as a guest on our show sometime. Um, uh, Our group called the Society Comedy Troupe that I started with Kirby Hayborn, uh, that Corbin's also in, and Eric Artell. SocietyComedy.com is our website for that if you want to come and see a show. And if you're listening to this on the day of release, it's tonight. Oh, yay. Uh, and and we do show every Monday. So so if you're not listening to it on the day of release, then you can watch it on the next Monday. I and then in it. addition to that, we've got our Improv Wizards, and it's just improvwizards.com. I-M-P-R-O-V, wizards.com, is our online improv training course uh, where you can literally, you could buy the course. There's some free videos on there too, but you can buy the course. And you can get completely up and running to do improvs with a group or to do improvs. Uh, some people take our course before they go and take a class because they're too nervous. And this mm. gives them all the basics and and some pretty advanced techniques as well. Uh, that's awesome. And I will put in a pitch. 
if you're going to want to learn from the best, I mean, Lincoln, you've been doing this <laughs> for so long, this, uh, this improv wizard. Lincoln, I could sit and talk to you all day about this stuff. It's so fascinating. But uh, I feel the this, same way. This is just so it's fun so catching fun up as well. Pers- personally satisfying. But we're going to wrap up with the question that we ask all of our guests. And that is, Lincoln, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Um, it's, it's perspective. Mm. It's, it, it has given me, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of things I could say, like uh, it's an anchor, but, but it all comes back to perspective. It comes back to what this, what the purpose is of this life. And that is something that I absolutely would not understand without the gospel and without, mm. without the church. And it, it, it does, it literally anchors me and it, it, um, you know, it helps through those hard times. And, you know, when I say perspective, I'm not just talking about, you know, pre-mortal life and earth life and the afterlife, um, but just the the atonement and everything that goes along with it, that that single event makes everything possible. Mm. And, and it, it, when I think about it, it is, it, it is, you know, it's unfortunate that so many people are out there just with no understanding of the grand scheme of things. And, and yeah. I understand how painful that can be because it's still painful sometimes. Life is still painful when you know what everything, uh, <laughs> what the purpose is, you know, because we don't know everything, of course. Yeah. But we, know we have that perspective and um, it just, it just anchors me and it, it lets me try to be a better person to toward a goal that helps other people too. Mm. And, and I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And I honestly don't know where I would be without, without the perspective of the gospel and the atonement. Awesome. He is a Los Angeles-based Hollywood true actor. He is an improv actor, an improv coach, and so much more. Lincoln Hoppe, thank you so much for sharing your Latter-day Life with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sean. And my special thanks to my dear friend, Lincoln Hoppe. Lincoln is one of the best guys I know. We will share links all week uh, on our Facebook page as to where you can follow him. And please go check it out. He is such an amazing guy. This week in my Latter-day life, I had kind of a funny experience. Uh, I think we can all agree things are a little bit crazy right now. And you know, the, the whole thing with COVID can be very confusing. And last weekend, you know, we're, we're starting to spike again, or we are spiking again, I guess we have for a little bit. And last weekend, uh, some of the uh, states and counties seemed to really start to crack down, and they were going into shutdown mode again. And I, I just couldn't help but think, oh no, will this ever end? And as I was reading an article, uh, one of the states, it gave a list of everything that was shutting down, and uh, among it was churches. Churches were one of the things that were going to be shut down again. And inside my heart, I started to get a little bit upset because I also saw so many things missing. Like, why are these other things allowed to stay open, but churches are being shut down? That was upsetting to me. And I I kind of dwelled on it for a little while, like, what is wrong with people, you know, especially because our churches 
worked so hard to make sure that things are clean and to make sure that the, the meeting schedule works for everybody to be able to socially distance. So I was really upset about it. And then uh, we got into this week, and at the beginning of this week, as part of my scripture study, I was studying in Alma 32. And how does Alma 32 open up? But uh, you have a bunch of people who are going to Alma, and they're crying, and they're saying, hey, we're not allowed in our synagogues. They won't let us in because we're dirty. And Alma says, you know, I'm glad. Good. And he he kind of puts it back on them and says, what, you think the only place you can worship is in a synagogue? This is meant to humble you, and so that you can learn your relationship with Heavenly Father. And I suddenly went, duh, we're not being allowed in our churches, just in case we're dirty. And by dirty, I mean infected or whatever. We're the same as them. And here I was, just like they were, crying about, oh no, I can't go into my church. And I was so dwelling on it, and it was ridiculous. And here it was, the 8,635th lesson I've learned from the Book of Mormon. Actually, that might be a really low estimate, because the things that come out of the Book of Mormon are truly for today. And I read it through a few times, actually, this past week, because Alma had so much wisdom. And when I thought about the fact that Hey, I'm having a sacrament meeting in, in our home, and I can pray anytime I need to, and I can still fast, and we can do our, our ministering, and we have technology, and we are in such a good place. And most importantly, we have the priesthood on the earth. We have the restored gospel. We have a prophet of God. And why am I upset? Why am I worried about whether or not they're going to open the doors to the building just up the street? I need to focus on the good. I need to focus on what I can do and stop worrying. God has this. He has it. He's taking care of the details, and we don't need to worry about it. Somehow, I lost my way through through all my stupid thoughts that somehow man was putting a stop to God. No, the work will roll forward. We have a prophet. God lives. Jesus Christ is at the head of our church, and nothing can stop it. And you know what? Alma was right. And Alma, I'm so sorry. I will go repent uh, because I don't have to walk into a synagogue. Let me learn to be humble. I, at some point, I'm going to learn my lesson, stop praying uh, to be humble because, boy, do I learn that lesson quite a bit. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you get a chance, uh, we would love to get a uh, five-star review from you. And uh, if you're not following us on social media, please go check it out. Especially this week, we'll be posting a lot of stuff about Lincoln, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Well, that's about all we got for you this week. So until we meet again, there is a great big beautiful world out there. So go be in it. Just not of it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>